Well, hello and good day to you all. This is Alika Hope and Change. I am Change, also known as Emil. And Alika is away, so Jamie, also known as Love, is here to hang out with us. And we have a great episode today. Uh, Alika and I were talking about what uh, Jamie and I should talk about this week. And um, she's like, it's about to be springtime. So can you guys talk about spring? And we're like, oh, yes, we can. Because spring means change. And spring means growth. Literally. <laughs> so, so this is an opportunity to sort of hang out and talk about these different things. And because Jamie and I are wonderfully nerdy in how we see the world, we're going to use everything from pop culture to science fiction to uh, current events to sort of really uh, highlight change. And that's one of the things, Jamie, that I wanted to run by you is how has, if anything, has significantly changed for you in 2023, is there something you can say I put my finger on change right now. Nothing yet, but that's a wonderful thing because any good change happens slowly when you're not noticing. Um, rarely ever is change something that is drastic, except for the weather. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's really, sp- yeah, except for the weather. Spring around the be- corner, I have exactly. a feeling given that winter was so wild that spring's going to be just as... Uh, tumultuous that's the word tumultuous yeah it definitely feels like that it feels very sudden you know 60 degrees one day and then we're having like freezing fog and then the next day it's like rain and sleet and then it's 60 degrees again and it's just like you don't know where you sit that's the only change i can think of that is drastic um every other change so far has been very slow moving which is good um, so it's these slow moving changes that sometimes um, I, I listen to a lot of business, business podcasts and, and self-development podcasts. And mm-hmm. there's this concept that incremental change is the best change. And I think you're absolutely right. Um, they yeah. say, can you can you change one percent per day? Yeah. And, and I think it's a healthy per day? I think there's a healthy amount of change. Um, any anything that is drastic, you know, like building habits um, you can't just overnight just go, oh, I'm going to do this now because it's not going to stick. You know, but, what, what, what's the adage they say that if you want to change a habit, it takes about 30 days? It takes about 30 to 60 days. Yeah. Um, my When I taught, um, shout out to Squadron Officer School, United States Air Force, when I taught there, mm-hmm. we would say it takes about seven weeks to change a habit. Yeah. And that course okay. happened to be about seven weeks long. Mm-hmm. So, so we were like, we're trying to get you in the habit of thinking creatively, thinking to solve problems and communicate right. in a different right. way. So it takes about seven weeks of consistent thought. But remember, we met five days a week during that seven weeks. So we were planning on about that month long contact time for right. change. Right. And and to your point, when it's gradual, when you say, okay, I'm making a change. One of the things that a friend of mine taught me is what what he calls the key to everything, and I use it in my in my consulting practice. And um, I'm more than happy to share it here. But the the key to everything starts with inputs. If you want to change a habit, change what you look at, what you mm-hmm. listen to, what you see, what you, who you talk to, um, and how you talk to yourself. 
And it's in those those little things of if I want to say lose weight, maybe I should watch more healthy cooking shows. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because if I watch healthy cooking shows, at some point it's going to sink into my brain that maybe I can start adapting some of what I what I'm watching in my daily cooking habit. And those are the subtleties that result in long-term change because now I'm not just like, I'm going to brute force this habit. I'm (laughs) actually considering in the internal little behaviors. Oh, if I eat, put more green vegetables in my diet, I will probably eat healthier and lose weight naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we might've talked about this before, but, um, do you remember P90X? <laughs> that looked like. Do you remember a, that? I remember those infomercials. Those looked infomercials? like the most brutal workouts. Oh my god! They gosh. were. Uh, about 10 years ago, I tried to get into the whole P90X craze. And it's really about drastic change. It's about shocking your body into getting in the shape. <laughs> and I was good for about a week. Like I started it, I got up at five in the morning and I did these workouts before I went to work and I felt great. I was like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I was building this habit every day. And then I had one late night and it all came crashing down (laughs) and I never looked back at it. I was like, nah, that was a little intense. It felt like I dove into it too quickly. Right. And yeah, uh, I, I had to back away from it and go, okay, you know what? All change is gradual. All change is good and gradual. It's, it's when it's rare. not gradual is when it's scary. It, it's it's one of those things where like something like P90X where you see the athletes on the infomercial doing the workouts and you're like, oh, that's just like I want to get ripped and shredded and, mm-hmm. and I need to get fit like that. But they're already fit doing the workout. Yeah, they didn't use P90X to look like that. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm like, wait, if P90X right. is new, how do they look like this? Uh, exactly. And, and that is <laughs> and that is sort of the draw is I want to look like, but they're like, you, I want to see the guy like you were, like I was. I'm getting fit uh, in 2023 in a different way. I always stay fit, but yeah. um, I'm losing a little bit of weight. I'm like, let me, let me, let me take off this last bit of COVID weight that I put on. And so I've changed my workout habit, but it's been a very gradual process because I've recognized that although I was already fit, what I was doing wasn't helping me shed a few pounds. So I like, okay, so I run a little bit more than I used to run and Mm -hmm. I do a little bit more weight work, but I'm not doing anything that requires that intense sort of dedication and motivation because I know I won't sustain that. Exactly. You will not change. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, what I'll do is I'll shock my body and my body will be sore. And on one day I'll be like, I can't get up. And then that'll be the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the power of springtime is it is renewal. But if you look at the, if you look at the last day of winter and the first day of spring, there's literally no change there. You're absolutely right. Well, the last day of winter and the we'll first day of year. spring, <laughs> have right it's like it might be six degrees and then 60 or vice versa Mm -hmm. but like if you look at your fauna if you look at around you don't see any visible change but by the end of spring yes everything that you looked at at the end of winter is different the fauna if the leaves are fully out flowers blooming 
insects buzzing. Like it's a whole new world. So just because we have a day called spring, but the real manifestation of spring happens over time. Right. And that's kind of sort of how what you're saying, I think a lot of us, we need to be invigorated by if you want to see change, pay attention to how nature does it. Because nature is like, I'm not going to explode. Yeah. Right? The plants don't explode with leaves overnight. It's mm-hmm. this process that's very gradual. But yet look at this. Look at the foundational change that happens in the time it takes from barren in winter on the last day of winter to fully in bloom by the last day of spring. Agreed. Agreed. So as we talk more about change and uh, you know, how spring I, in our next segment, I want to sort of look at some of the pros and cons or ups and downs, or maybe optimistic and pessimistic ways that pop culture has portrayed change. So let's do that after the break, Jamie. Will do. We'll be right back. Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. So change, my name, is upon us when spring is upon us. And we have lots of different ways that we um, see change in our life and we see spring in our life. So I'm like, let me, let me go to something that's common to all of us. So Jamie, I was thinking about pop culture yep. as mm-hmm. you and I often talk about. And so I think this is a great uh, subject for some of the things that we value. So can you think of any pop culture references to change to springtime that sort of stick out in your mind? Change to springtime. Hmm. Because I can definitely think of pop culture that deals with change or the fear of it or the absence of it. But I can't think of anything with spring. So what comes to mind for me is Bambi. Bam! Oh, I was going to say, I felt a cartoon coming on. <laughs> I was thinking more like Looney Tunes, like Bugs Bunny. And that... There it is, that Elmer um, Fudd versus Bugs yes, Bunny. is yes. a forever classic. Um, Bambi, also forever classic. Yes. And then there's... Um, so, the, so the... You know, Bambi's got its ups and downs, and it's such a touching story, uh, but it's really about change, right? It's really about that springtime eruption of change and then of course the hunters come and for those of you who have never seen Bambi I won't spoil it for you but I will say this that there is a bit of darkness and tragedy in it but that also is part of the element of change but to me Bambi is one of those but then I don't know if you remember there was Bambi meets Godzilla I do remember that (laughs) and I had the music I just humped um (laughs) I remember the first time I ever saw that and we we taped it on our VCR and we had to rewind it over and over and yes. over because it is brilliant. It <laughs> is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So there's I, for those of you who've never seen it, we will not spoil it for you. It is worth <laughs> going to find Google and then Bambi Beats Godzilla and then enjoy the uh animation. What but that show is the contrast to Bambi, the original movie. And it's in pop culture, you always get these sort of 
really great contrast about change. Either it's a zombie apocalypse or it's a utopia. Right. Agreed. Right. Definitely. So, so when you look at the zombie apocalypse, it's always some warning about something we've done wrong, but it's always sort of covered in the genetic engineering gone wrong department. Right. It's right. <laughs> it rarely is it space aliens create zombies. It's always, you know, it's, it's always something mankind, humankind has done to itself that mm -hmm. results in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And, um, the zombie apocalypse to me is the sort of the generic avatar for all things, man, you know, human beings do to one another or do to themselves that we are being warned. Perhaps this isn't a good idea. Yeah. You know, as you're saying this, a thought came to mind, a metaphor came to mind. Cause I was thinking about spring. I was thinking about life. I was thinking, I was thinking about vegetation very literally. Mm-hmm. And if you look at any dystopic sci-fi sci or just anything that is an apocalypse, with one exception, it's usually that the vegetation has overgrown human development. I think of movies like Logan's Run, which we yes. talked about before. I yes. think about I Am Legend. I yeah. think about um, Planet Minority, of the Apes. Yeah, Planet of the Apes, Minority Report. Um even though it's not overgrown, but there's one part in the movie where the main character goes to visit um, a botanist who's also a geneticist and her greenhouse is overgrown. You know, the fact that plant life has taken over, which is really about that growth. Um, anytime, you know, even looking at The Walking Dead, um, the vegetation has overtaken anything that humans have created and made it unrecognizable to us. <laughs> So the, it's like um, humans, we, we often see ourselves as the virus or we see ourselves as the problem. Mm -hmm. But it, it begs the question, what in nature is better off because humans intervene? And is that the normal case or is that the exception? Hmm. So, you know, like we shod horses, but do horses need to be shod for them to live? I mean, the wild Mustangs of different parts of the world seem to thrive without humans shotting mm -hmm. them putting mm -hmm. you know. so so it's like mm. and then we you know like we domesticate dogs and cats but you know wolves and wolves and leopards seem to be doing just fine without us so i don't know if there's anything you know we tame wheat and barley and all these different agricultural crops but um they're all based on grasses that grew pretty handily without us mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. And that's kind of one of the questions that spring, I think we should ask ourselves is when we do intervene, when we do think about something, is it to our benefit? Is it to the benefit of the species, not human? Is it to the benefit of those around us or to ourselves? Like those are questions that we can ask in these scenarios. Yeah. And you know, and I, I forgot to mention one, and this actually has to do with what you're talking about with conservation. Um, Jurassic Park, I forgot to mention. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've seen any of the sequels, anytime they go back to the original island, it's overgrown with vegetation. But a lot of the message of the movie is about conservation. You know, in real life, we've done that in America. Like, we have um, huge swaths, swaths of, you know, forest life that are meant for the conservation of those animals in that ecosystem. 
and we can go visit and go hiking, but that's really not meant for us. Like if, you, if you've ever been anywhere remote or if you've gone to like Yellowstone or the Redwood Forest, there's certain areas that are, you know, adapted to humans, but a lot of it is just open land. So I did a I did a fall trip to Alaska about 10 years ago. Ooh. Uh, and and the thing that struck me was uh, Alaska is really unspoiled. You come from the Northwest and you think you've been around unspoiled and then you go up to Alaska and you're like this for, as far as the eye can see there's nothing no road no wow. power line it's just wild and you're like oh my gosh I hope we never find a way to fix this mm. <laughs> right and and it was fall and it was you know getting dark early and it was but it was still lush it was still green it was still gorgeous mm-hmm. and uh, I so I drive out into some of the countryside and I go hiking in a couple of different places uh, and I probably shouldn't have gone alone but I did because moose are real and they're huge and if you're near their baby they charge and that's, yeah it's yeah. over for you. Wow. But at the same time, I got a sense of what you're talking about, that there's there's this untamed beauty. And mm-hmm. as we look at change as portrayed in popular culture, this overgrown theme sort of runs very clear through a lot of pop culture references about what would happen if humans either die out or become less impactful to their environment. But then there's the other side that we've seen in pop culture where um, in Star Wars, Coruscant, the machine planet. The machine planet, right. And that's a very hopeful, very uh, evergreen, if you will, sort of uh, look at the future. It's something that um, in contrast to the overgrownness, maybe we build an entire planet out of um, synthetic uh, parts and products, and it's still very much vibrant and alive and thriving. Yes, or we build a future city that includes both technology and wildlife. Not wildlife like animals or anything, but as far as plants and everything, Mm -hmm. a a good balance um, where we're conserving and living within the environment, but yet we still have innovation. There's actually a city they're trying to build, um, which we can talk about once we go to our next segment. Well, let's go to our break. And when we come back, let's talk about this city. Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. Well, uh, Jamie and I, as we went into the break, we're talking about a city that is being planned to integrate high technology and giant swaths of nature. Can you tell us more about that city, Jamie? Okay. So the city itself is called Telosa. Um, and it's basically going to be a green city. It's going to have everything from monorails to wide open parks. And the ecosystem is going to be part technology, part nature. And it looks amazing. Actually, if anyone wants to go to the website, it's cityoftolosa.com. That's T-E-L-O-S-A. And it looks like, <laughs> Emil, it looks like Logan's Run <laughs> before things go bad. <laughs> it's an incredible, incredible system that they're, they're designing right now. And they're looking for locations in America. And they want to build a few around the world. 
um, of a city that is in absolute balance with nature. Wow. So pl- please, please look it up. It, it's incredible. I could only imagine a springtime in somewhere like this. Wow. See, so uh, going back to Logan's run just for a minute, they, we had, it wasn't it after nuclear war, so they had to live in bubbles? Yes. Yes. So this is without the nuclear war part, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because like, <laughs> thankfully we haven't had one. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, to all the world leaders who listen to Alika Hope and Change, um, please, if you would, if you would not press that one red button that would solve all the problems and yet solve none, just uh, listen to us and we'll work with you on how to solve those problems much more holistically. And one of them is finding ways to integrate the city of Tolosa because um, it's going to help us see things differently. I'm already on the website and I'm looking at it and I'm like, holy moly, someone is actually planning to use human ingenuity as an augment to nature and vice versa. This is beautiful. And I'm yeah. just, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, where it can, where, what state will host and how it will be built and flourish. I can see so many potential places, someplace like the Northwest might be a good, a good space. The Southeast Appalachia might be a good place yeah. for it. I yeah, could see I, so many places. I had heard that they were thinking about either Utah or Wyoming or New Mexico mm-hmm. for a location. I know they mentioned Appalachia. I know they're talking about a couple other places in the Middle East as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, but yeah, it, it it's it's supposed to be a 15-minute city. There's no fossil fuels allowed. <laughs> it's only going to be what? clean energy. Yeah, exactly. What? Yeah. Well, it, you yeah. know, it's time. I mean, th- so in the dawning of, of spring, as we get closer and closer to the first day of spring in March, one of the things that I consistently need to see from um, all of humanity is a desire to get away from the old way. I don't want to say fossil fuels, although that's one of the old ways we have to get away from, but the old ways of solving problems with violence, the old, like, Springtime is a time, we, we call it spring cleaning. It's a time to really renovate how we see different things. And to your point, it's got to be a gradual change. Yeah. So is there one thing that we could do that might help us all be a little bit more um, focused on improving the conditions around us? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go first in this context because the city of Tolosa, that's that big change, right? But if if they prove the concept in one place, then it will seed retrofitting cities around the world and it will breed new versions of the city that are iterating on where it went well and where it went poorly. Mm-hmm. So that gradual change is real. So I bring that to the personal. What is a gradual change that Jamie could do that would help with this sort of integration of nature and um, human intervention? Yeah. I think, honestly, it's not being afraid of changing a way of life. Mm. of really unmarrying ourselves to the ideals and the ideas that we've come accustomed to yeah. and some of the comforts that we've um, come accustomed to in order to make these types of things like a city like Tolosa happen. You know, the conveniences that we have. Um, the way our cities are designed right now, especially where I live, you have to have a car. You have to have these certain things just in order to live and communicate. If we can find ways of changing those, then we won't miss them. 
Um, and it's also accepting a huge fact that I don't think a lot of people, when it comes to um, consuming like fossil fuels and everything, there's a lot more people on the planet. <laughs> there's a lot more people on the planet than when we established our modern way of life 30, 40 years ago. You know? And we've yeah. been through oil embargoes and power shortages and food shortages <laughs> and resources. We have, let's see, do you remember the population of America in, uh, say, 1983? No. Okay. That's 40 years ago. I remember this very well as a kid, you know, looking at, at um, our book, Our Home, the Earth. <laughs> I was in fourth grade, our workbook. <laughs> I remember that book, and, yes. <laughs> And they said the American population at that time was about 183 million people. The current population of America is double that now. Wow, 40 years. Yes, in 40 years, the population of America alone has doubled with less resources. Wow. Look at India, who's about to surpass China. And look at China. You know, They're like 1.6 yeah. or 1.5 Something like billion. that. Like India is going to surpass them within the next three or four years as far as population. We have a lot more people with a lot less resources. So we need to find new ways of being able to exist, to make money, to live, to c consume, because we are, as creatures, are consumers. Um, but we need to find new ways to balance it. Because the way that we're doing it right now is not good for us in the long run. Planet's going to be fine. <laughs> I always say that. I'm like, the earth was here before human beings figured all this out. I'm pretty sure it'll be here if we can't figure it out. Exactly. Right? Like, like the planet, it, the planet is, it will, it's like, you know what? If I need to start over, I got volcanoes. Mm -hmm. Y'all don't. Yeah, um, right. But, but to lead to what you said before, you know, about, um, about, you know, conservation, about really finding a way to balance. Uh, yes. I, I think that's the hope that I have for the change in a city like Tolosa of learning new ways, you know, not having to, I say it all the time, not having to drive to the grocery store or, you know, or I can take a monorail, you know, and right. finding new ways of existing and still being happy. Because you know, ultimately we all want to be comfortable. We want to be happy. So I'm well, looking, I'm looking I mean, forward to this gradual change to this, this slow, deliberate march towards a more equitable, balanced ecological life there are many companies who have embraced the work from home movement because they see it they see that people can be very productive and collaborate from home there are people there are companies that are forcing people back to work and they're finding out that they're just because they are forcing people back to work doesn't mean people are going back to work cheerfully mm -hmm. and part of this is what's the right balance for for productivity for each business, for each yeah. industry. Of course, certain things like steel mills and you know different types of hard, heavy industries will require people to be in, in location until we auto automate them more. But at the same time, to your point about the city of Tolosa and other initiatives, we are at the beginning of both explosive and gradual change. And I'll answer the same question you did. The one thing that I'm focused on with change is can I see change happen every day bit by bit I'm wedded to the thought that all change is incremental is gradual and that if there's anything I can do it is to be a consistent part of change over yes time, yes right and mm -hmm. it is to say 
I have whatever goal it is, whether it's weight loss or financial improvement or getting, you know, writing a book. If I consistently do one thing affirmative toward that goal each day, I probably will manifest that change. And this is what spring gives us. Remember, I'll go back to what I said earlier. The -hmm. last day of winter and the first day of spring have almost nothing in between them. There's no difference. But the last day of spring in contrast to the last day of winter, is a sea change. There's right. so much activity. And that's mm-hmm. where I think my lesson is personally, is I'm always going to be looking for, can I be like spring and start from nothing and daily add 1%, 1%, 1%, 1% of change growth, 1% of attitude adjustment, 1% of eating better, 1% of working out harder. If I just do that 1% change every day somewhere in my life, I'm pretty sure the manifestation will be uh, holistic and brilliant. That was well said. Can I tell, so, a, um, can I, can I tell a joke? Oh, please. Does February March? Oh, February is a month. No. No, but April, May. <laughs> See, that was worthy of Alika. Alika, you have been well represented <laughs> <laughs> with that joke. Thank you, Jamie. And thanks to all of all of you for listening and tuning in to me and Jamie as we pontificate and sort of reflect on the value meaning of spring and how it's just going to march in regardless. And for you, thank you for listening Please join us on Instagram. You can find us at Alika Hope and Change, of course. Uh, Shout out to Brandon, our intern, for keeping us on the forefront of social media excellence. And thanks to all of you for listening every week. We'll see you next time. We'll hear from you between then. Bye now. And happy spring. Happy spring. If you enjoyed what you heard today on Alika Hope and Change, please head over to iTunes to rate the show and leave a review. It's really the best way for you to show your support for the show. And bonus, it costs you $0. Join the conversation on Instagram, share this episode with your friends on social media, or just tell others by word of mouth. Thank you and keep sharing hope and change.